nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Good evening and welcome to San Antonio Soccer Roundtable, the high school version here. Uh, before we get started with the introductions, uh, I do want to give a couple of a statements out uh, about what's going on outside of San Antonio. Uh, first of all, uh, thoughts and prayers to everyone in Ukraine. Uh, you know, stay safe, you know, as safe as you can be. And, and uh, of course, I'm sure most of us, you know, here stateside or all of us here stateside are, are hoping uh, for that uh, to resolve peacefully and quickly. Uh, the other news came out late this afternoon here. Uh, the uh, starting goalkeeper, captain of the Stanford's women's soccer team, uh, Katie Meyer, unfortunately passed away. Uh, she was 22, um, you know, very young. I, I saw that she was born in, in the year 2000, and I was like, oh, well, that's, that's, that's way too young here. But so thoughts and prayers to her family, to Stanford University, and to all the players um, that, you know, she's played with and uh, with uh, with. And those that have played against her, uh, you know, you know, as you can see on social media, um, you, know, as, you know, she inspired a, a, a lot of young athletes um, out there here. So tough way to start the show. Um, you know, you know, soccer's plays a part in the game here. But uh, joining me tonight, Rafa, uh, how are you? You, you geared up, uh, you know, rested up uh, from your travels uh, last night and uh, geared up to go through some standings and, and some taps playoffs. Yeah, well, I did back to back nights. I went to Monday night <laughs> with a top game at, at uh, Blossom, and then last night I was at the Spring Sports Complex for SAISD. So I got to see two exciting games. So we'll have another one on Friday, which we'll promote later later on Thursday or early Friday. I'm going to keep that a secret, but it's a doozy of a game. So. Also joining us, it comes from Lavernia, uh, but uh, is going to be Captain Joe. Uh, Carranza, who uh, served 22 years in the uh, uh, U.S. Army uh, as a medical officer uh, and is now head uh, boys soccer coach and a health science teacher at Lavernia. So first of all, thank you for your service here, uh, coach. Thank you. Uh, thank second you. Second of all, as a Navy guy here, you know, go Navy, beat Army. But, you know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's uh, just all in fun banter. But uh, please, uh, you know, please welcome to the show. And, and uh, thank you for, you know, for, for joining us, sir. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the invite. Um, I, I, you know, I met Rafa out there, and so we talked a little bit during the uh, Somerset game. And, uh, you know, we uh, we started with a little hiccup, but after that, we pretty much just turned it on. Um, great group of uh, kids that I have this year. Um, we just we just went to work. And like I was telling Rafa, you know, the uh, last year when we kind of got bounced, I, I took him to the side and I said, hey, look, uh, we, we, need, we need to get together. And we need to talk and we need to plan this out. Uh, I didn't like it. And uh, if you didn't like it, then you're going to be on my side. And sure enough, uh, we came up with a game plan. Everybody pretty much executed 
exactly what, what my vision and, and mission was to be able to do this. Because uh, every time you fail, you got to go back to the drawing board. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did. And they all come on board and look now the way the team is, 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 is playing. I mean, it's, it's because of them and, and thankful to the parents as well for, for being able to uh, see, uh, see it the way we wanted to, uh, to go forward uh, with it, with this team. And I know you coach the boys here and, and, and uh, you know, I'll ask this question here and then Rafa can go in uh, with his questions here. Um, but the boys are having a, you know, a very successful season. Um, but also the girls soccer team uh, is, you know, I think third in their standings and looking right for the playoffs as well. So uh, for Lavernia, you know, how is it that both the boys and the girls uh, teams are doing really, you know, doing very well along those lines? So how's that kind of affecting the school spirit and stuff that, that's going around uh, Lavernia High School at this time? It's, it's great. The, the community is great around here. They're very supportive of everything that we do. Um, but the, uh, the new coach that came in, uh, coach Amador, I mean, we have a connection, um, uh, as far as like soccer in it. And when we came in, we, we came up with a plan as well as like, Hey, you know, it's not just boys soccer and it's not just girls soccer. Mm -hmm. You know, when I have time, I help him out. When he has time, he helps me out. It's, it's, it's all about, uh, trying to move the program forward and not just high school, but also be able to pr uh, project it onto the junior high. So that way we can start looking at new talent that is coming up. And I think that's very helpful because once you plant that seed and the kids start liking, you know, the, uh, the sport and stuff. And, uh, we're, we're a football town. We're not, we're not going to lie. Football's <laughs> king in Texas, but we got to compete for some of those, some of the, try to get some of those athletes that are out there and then try to turn them into soccer players. And, and, um, it's, it's very receptive of the, uh, the community and the players and the school and everybody that, that kind of supports us. Him and I have, have worked great uh, with with the, both programs, and then that's I think that's what's led to a lot of the success that um, that that we're having here. I mean, he's he's done a, f a fantastic job since he, did, he since he arrived here to the school, and um, we we don't we don't like I said we don't compete. It's boys against girls and anything like that. It's, it's one team, one fight, and that's just the way we see it. And and, be, and being on one of the newer programs, like I said, in the area, you know, just just that turnaround to get to have that success, you know, uh, what what are some of the things you really you implemented when you came on to this to the program as far as to kind of get the boys motivated and get them to right now leading the district right now? Uh, when when I first came here, it was uh, when I first came here, they told me hey, I wanted to be the, the soccer coach. At the same time, I was a I was just come out of pretty much out of the military. And, and I, and I had to, okay, well, we're going to start these programs. Can you start both of them? Cause I'm also the, uh, the health science teacher. I have a nursing background. So starting up their medical program here, I, I, I pretty much started both of them almost at the same time. So I, I, when I came to the, these athletes, I had a lot of athletes that were playing soccer and stuff, but, but outside of soccer, there really wasn't anything other than uh, really wasn't a lot of stuff for them to do. Um, so I just started telling them, hey, let's do other things like 7v7, let's join clubs, you know, try to get the ball rolling around. Because a lot of in a lot of communities, you have these soccer players that are athletes, but they only play during the actual UIL time. That's about it, three or four months, and that's it. And after that, it's on to the next board. But I told them, if you want to, if you want to be a good soccer player, you pretty much have to, you know, you pretty much have to play year round. Um, and, and a lot of these successful teams that, that I, that I scouted and I talked to some of the coaches and stuff, a lot of their teams, a lot of their players, 
they pretty much play year round. Um, and um, so that's what I was projecting onto some of the, the kids. And it, slowly like that, we're, we're building up the program, not only at the high school, but at the junior high as well. Where, where our junior high program, sometimes you would see uh, 70 to 80 boys and girls uh, coming out there to, um, you know, try to try their best and compete and stuff like that and, and try out for slots. Because we tell them, because we have a small program, uh, but it's a successful program. It's also very competitive. Say, so, hey, if you're good enough as a freshman, we'll we'll let you play at the varsity level, you know. And, and sure enough, and it, it never fails that we do have some kids that uh, that'll play as freshmen on our varsity team. Yeah, and I know being like I said with a four A uh, program, you know, numbers is a big it's a big deal. How, how how are you able to attract a lot of the players to kind of build your numbers there for your program? What what are some of the things that you've been doing to to track to track numbers to, to try out and be part of the team? Yeah, we um we start looking at them at the junior high level once you know because our junior high program, uh, because we we started expanding that. Now we we don't have a, a a junior high program per se where we compete against other schools because a lot of the schools are already in uh, in competitive mode whether they're in the fall. We don't have we have it in this in the spring right after the uh, the state tournament, and it only goes for about a month. So we do have like maybe one school that'll have one game against us, but other than that, it's intramural. But even at intramural, you'll be able to see some of the talent of some of these kids, and then you you pull them to the side and you say, hey, you know what what is your sport? Some of them, if they're undecided, a lot of times, hey, look, you know you have talent. Why don't you give soccer um, a try and you know come over here and uh, we'll we'll try to train you. Or we give them tips, and uh, or we'll tell them, hey, look, maybe uh, let's do the seven v seven. The girls have been doing the seven v seven a little bit longer than the boys, but uh, the boys have picked it up, so it's it's been working well. We we track the boys um, by being able to uh, uh, see what sport they're in, and a lot of times, you know, they'll they'll have a feel for it, and if they like it, they continue. And uh, hope, and you know, we always hope that a lot of the, the kids stay. Now we're not a, like you said, we're not a big program, um, so we only have a varsity. We don't we don't have a JV. So uh, it's it's all because of numbers and stuff. But uh, but we're what we have is very competitive. So don't 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 uh, you know let's not let's not make that error that just because we're a small team we're gonna be pushed over. So what we have is you know is 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 gonna be out there and they're gonna fight. They're gonna they're gonna play. That's good. As far as with your team, like as the makeup of your team, like I said, I went went to the game against Somerset. Uh, what you know, what really really impressed me is just with them touching the ball and the communication with the players. Um, you know, you know, you mentioned you went down early, but you were able to come back. You know, kind of shook that off and basically took control of the rest of the way. Um, what are some of the things you you really work on with, with your players during your practices to get them prepared for the games? What we do is we do some rondo drills at the beginning. You know, a lot of times we, we work uh, very small as far as, like, uh, foot skills, ball juggle, and then we progress a little bit, you know, uh, small-sided games, and then we, you know, 1v1s, 2v2s, and then we before you end the, uh, before you end the training, uh, you know, we're pretty much having, like, a, uh, a 10v10 or, or some and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. But we, we practice a lot with, with possession play, passing uh and communication um so that way your your first touch uh for example 
If I pass you the ball, I want you to be able to open the gate, be able to receive the ball without without it bouncing so far away from you uh, to keep it kind of close. Uh, during the Somerset game, I think that there was a little bit of jitters and stuff. Um, but once they settled down, unfortunately, that goal is what kind of settled down. I'm like, oh, shoot, you know, and they were, we're behind now, so let's get this together. Um, I can see from the game before that to that one, and, of course, the one last, last night, um, we're passing the ball relatively quickly now. It's like we're moving faster now, uh, where it's moving from one side uh, to the other side, back to the, uh, back to the center or the back. We're playing it back, so it's a lot of possession play. And I tell them, it's like the W effect. If you can't score, bring it back. We'll replay it again. We'll go in. If we can't score, we'll bring it back, and we'll go like that. And eventually, it'll go in. You know, it's like water. It's going to find a way to get, you know, get, penetrate through. Uh, and then it's luckily it's been it's been working. So we do it repetitively almost uh, with every single practice that, that we have. Well, one of the players that really stood out was your your your, your striker, your center striker. He, and he had a hat trick of that game. Correct. Uh, he really and, and he could have had even more goals. I know there's some that he missed kind of missed near, you know, over the bar. I know he was unlucky on some, but, you know, he's. One probably one of the best players I've seen around around in the area. You know, can you tell me more about him and just you know, yes. a little bit about him at the game? And like I said, it's a, he he really caught my eye on that on, for that game. No, he's a, he's a sophomore, uh, Cameron Martinez. I mean, he's he's a tall kid. I mean, he's a striker. Uh, when he came, when I met him, um, when he junior high uh, soccer. I mean, a lot of kids. You know, when I we were out there passing the ball, you can tell he had skill. Uh, he came last year, and yes, he was a striker as well. Um, but when you're putting a freshman up against a a senior, uh, it's you know the the coordination is a little bit different. Uh, he was getting he was getting pushed around a little bit too much. It's because of physicality, and it was it was something that you know we knew was going to happen. Over the summer, uh, we we did a lot of running. Uh, they did a lot of cross country training. We hit the weights pretty hard, so he built some muscle. And now, if you look at him now. He's not a he's not a pushover as much no more. So now yeah. he's a little bit more dominant. He's probably getting about 10, 15 pounds worth of muscle now. He's faster now because of cross country. And as you can see, he's you know, he pretty much plays year round. So he, he's he's done a lot better. And, and like I said, he's only a sophomore, so he's only gonna get better. Yeah. Well, yeah. what impressed me was that when he got the hat trick that that on that header off of that that corner kick. Uh-huh. Um, he really jumped high and really placed that ball into the net and like I said, and that's rare to find. Like I said, these days, as for a player like that, and correct that if being a sophomore, he's only gonna, like I said, he's only gonna get better. So I can only imagine him being as a senior. You know, and I'm sure a lot of these the colleges are gonna be looking at him and say, hey, you know, this, this, you know, maybe even the pros, you know, maybe SAFC maybe take a look at him. You know, yeah, there you go. I like mean, he, was he guy, started off phenomenal at the beginning of the season, and then he uh, he he pulled his uh, his calf. So he had a he had a he had a strain right there. So it sat him out for about a month. So uh, during the uh, the first round of uh, district play, some of the teams didn't see him until they they they, they saw him coming back. So it, you know we did. Uh, yes, we lost two games, but during those two games that we lost, he wasn't in the pitch. So uh, you know what could have been, but uh, but now he's back and then he's he's going at it. And I told him, look, if you feel a twitch, like a little pull or whatever. I'm going to pull you out, you know, because my, your health is more important, you know, than, 
than me trying to win a game, you know, and I'm going to jeopardize you carrying it even more or you're going to miss playoffs. So I said, you know, for right now, you're going to sit down. And no, he's been very receptive. Good kid, you know, very respectful. He, uh, like I said, he's, he's really busted his butt uh, during the summer and cross country training and stuff, weight training. I mean, he'll hit it. Uh, he's, he's one of my projected captains for next year as well. As a matter of fact, I talked to him about this uh, this afternoon about that. But hurry, hurry your mic's off. Oh, okay. <laughs> Coach, you mentioned that you you know you served in the military and, and retired. Um, how did that prepare you for you know coaching soccer and, and you know how do you get your passion from soccer? Just listening to you, uh, I'm ready to go to the pitch and and, and try it out right now. Uh, so just you know, how how did you get into high school soccer and, and kind of the the passion behind you know behind the game? Um, it's my kids, you know, because when I was in the military, you know, we would be bounced around from uh, uh, base to base, and my kids love soccer, so I put them in soccer. And of course, you know, th there was some places that we would go. There was there was there were in need of coaches, and uh, I I couldn't put myself in there because of course I was working and stuff, and I I had played it, uh, but then of course. Uh, you know, once, once you, um, somebody tells you, yeah, go ahead and try it and, you know, this and that. And then of course they kind of suckered you into it. And then before you know it, yeah, I was, uh, I, I started off coaching my, my girls and of course, you know, doing all the D1, D2, Super 2s, all that stuff. And, you know, Stisa and then, you know, all these little clubs and, you know, the fire, you know, and then the lions. And so. That, that's just the way it went. And, of course, uh, my two boys, I did the same thing. Uh, I was able to coach them here at Lavernia. But that's pretty much how it started. And, of course, the, the passion just grew of coaching itself because I knew I couldn't play it no more. Um, uh, so I figured that my passion would go into coaching to teach kids exactly uh, what I went through and what, um, what to do. Now, from the military standpoint, to be able when I, when I got out, I did the same thing that I would do with my kids. Say, hey, look. Um, if you're going to, if you're going to come onto this pitch, you're going to come onto this team. You're going to give me a hundred percent. You know, I don't, I, I tell the boys, I don't give hugs around here. All right. You know, I'm going to work you and you're going to work. All right. Cause it is one team, one fight. Um, we're only as weak as our weakest link, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I'm tough on them. And, uh, and I, I tell them, I don't sugarcoat anything. I'm not going to tell you you're a good player or you're having a good time, uh, a good practice if you're not. So I'll pull you to the side and we'll try to fix things. And uh, hopefully, you, you know, everything will turn better. And it, for the most part, everything does. I've never really had any issues with any players or, or any teams. We've been successful, uh, thank God, since, I, since I've been here at Lavernia. Um, so that just, you know, it just, it just goes to, the, to the, the type of uh, the players that we have here. And, again, I, I, have, to, I have to say that, you know, uh, thanks to, of course, the, the administration, some of the coaches that kind of helped me out, the parents, the community. I mean, that helps a lot uh, around here because, you know, it's it's a, it's it's um, I, I just can't do it by myself. You know, so, yes, I can train them and stuff like that. But there are some times where I, I do need those parents that, hey, when I tell them, hey, can they be here at this hour? Can they be in 77? Can they be in it? You know, all that stuff. And they're very supportive. They're awesome. So a lot, a lot of that uh, army discipline has gone to the players. You know, that's correct. That yeah, there, there, there are some times that you know, every once in a while, we'll go out there and we'll we'll, we'll sing cadence as uh, as we're running. You know, we we do our mile Monday, two mile Tuesday, 
So we're running. Uh, and like I said, I had a, one of my, my ex goalie, uh, that, uh, that went to UT, uh, UTSA. He's an, he's an ROTC over there. We, he would love, you always loved when we would run and do cadence and stuff. So, and, and not only that, I think some of the, some of the recruiters kind of like it because when they find out I'm army and I'm, you know, they try to like tell me to uh, try to talk to some of the boys to get them, you know, become, re- uh, become recruits for them and stuff like that to put them in. So I, I've also helped them out by putting some people in the military, you know, not, you know, I give them the pros and cons and, you know, and they're the ones that make the final decision, you know, just like my kids, they always tell me, Hey, how did all your kids become army officers as well? You know, I tell them the pros and cons, but the decision is really up to them. You know, that's just the way it is. And, and luckily like my three girls are, are, um, two of them are captains. One's a Lieutenant. My son's going to graduate from UTSA. He's going to be an officer as well. And then my son, he just finished uh, AIT basic training, and he'll be going to ROTC at UTSA. So I just, I just, I'm just fortunate and lucky, you know, and you know um, that they have be surrounded from, from, uh, you know, with with, with good individuals. Uh, ha- having that good role model, like I said, for the, you know, for the players of that, uh, and that's going to really help them in the long run, especially once once they graduate and go on to the real world and so Correct. forth. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah, I uh, love my boys. I mean, I you know, those are my boys. I said, you are my boys. I mean, I, I, I take care of them. I mean, I just, I, I have to. It's, it's like a passion, you know. But, uh, you know, uh, the, the coaching thing, that's like any other uh, like any other sport, you know, basketball, volleyball, whatever. You're going to put in some hours, you know. And, th- and those kids are going to, you know, we call them kids because we feel, you know, we feel like they're our own. We have to take care of them, you know, because, yes, you, you have to train them. But at the same time, you got to be a role model for them and you got to tell them the pros and cons about life. And sometimes they, they need some guidance sometimes, you know, and uh, I, I've had some parents where they'll tell me, hey, he, I'm not getting through uh, to him on this level. So I'll, I'll uh, take him to the side and I'll explain it my way. I mean, sometimes it works and, you know, sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, it's uh, it, it's it's good to be able to uh, uh, to talk. Uh, about my boys all the time. So when it when you invited me on here, I said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll, of course I come here. I want to brag about my boys. You know, they're they're, they're you know they're mine. You know, I, I I love them. I mean, they're they're great." Now going into like I said, the, right now you're in the middle district play. Uh, how do you feel as far as the the other teams that you're playing in the district? You know, how how do you, like I said when you go up against them and so forth, like you know some of the teams on there. Yeah, we had um. Uh, unfortunately, we had a tie uh, early in the season against Fox Tech where uh, they just surprised us. They came out, believe it or not, there were uh, three goals. We were three nil. And then we came back and uh, tied it up at three. And then they scored one where it made it four to three. And then the, the boys, they just, you know, they tied it up. And that tie kind of uh, set us back just a little bit only because Pleasanton is right on our heels. Um, they're three points behind us. And I told the boys that uh, if we lose, then we'll be tied, right? So we can't we can't falter uh, within our last three games. We have Hondo this Friday. They're not a pushover team. They have a pretty good striker uh, up there. Uh, I think we have a pretty good game plan for that already. And, and then we uh, turn around and come back Tuesday, and we play uh, during our spring break. We play Hondo. I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, Uvalde. And then our last one will be the following Monday against Botit and stuff. And then before we go into playoffs, but Pleasant has been pretty good. They, you know, they've, they've been on our heels, um, but we're very eager to try to bring the district title back. It's been about three years already since we had it for about three years in a row. 
and uh, we we're just looking forward to it. We set goals um, every single season, and our goal was this year was to be able to to stay up on on top as far as the uh, uh, try to get a tournament. Uh, we came up a little bit short on one of them, actually on two of them, uh, where we got second. And then uh, uh, now is of course we look forward to getting district. So hopefully we can get that. And of course go a little bit further than we did last year because last year. We went to the first uh, first game and we got bounced on that one by Gonzalez by two zero, so um, we hoping to improve this this year this upcoming year. Uh, how, how do you stack up against them if you do face them again, like Gonzalez? Because I heard, I heard I know kind of follow them a little bit on the, from last year that they've had a, some decent teams. Um, any teams that you maybe besides them, you know, you, you know what uh, Gonzalez? I remember them that we played them some years back, and. Um, they had a really young team, kind of like we did. Because when I talked to that coach that used to be there, he said, yeah, I got a bunch of freshmen and sophomores. And, um, well, we played them and we we, you know, we beat them handsomely. But after that, it's, like, it's just like they all clicked. They all grew up together. And they've been real, They've been a really good team. Last year, they kind of shocked us because I thought, that, you know, they had lost some players and we thought we were going to do pretty good. Uh, mistakes kind of got us. Uh, and they uh, ended up scoring 2-0. to zero. But um, this year, uh, even though they're they're uh, at number four, I believe right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I told the boys, hey, don't don't get stuck on records and stuff because especially Gonzalez, uh, because they kind of been our our Achilles heels uh, late, lately. Um, so if we meet them again, of course, you know that that'll set um, t- that'll set a good tempo, and of course it'll play on the boys' minds like you know, hey, uh, we want to make make sure that we uh, we come at them pretty strong this time around. But they're no, they're they're a great bunch. Gonzalez is really good. I mean, they kind of play like us. Uh, they possession play. I mean, they had a really good keeper. I remember uh, a couple years ago. Um, but I, I know he's gone and stuff like that. But some of the tempo that we played them last year, yeah, they they still kept on going about the same thing. A little bit slower, but the the the, the whole uh, the whole possession play that they have is is pretty good still. I think the one game maybe I'm kind of looking maybe looking eager to hopefully maybe you guys to play is against Bernie the defending the oh yeah uh, yeah champs and like I said I I think you guys I think do like stack up really good with them and because I've seen Bernie play like mm-hmm. I said I, I think there'd be it'd be a, an instant classic for, for here in this in this area like I said that's yes that's, you guys have been checking have checked them out you know yeah you know Bernie of course you know they. If we would have beat Gonzalez, we would have we would have gone to um uh, and played at Bernie. As a matter of fact, their coach had called me, uh, and was already kind of setting you know, uh, making plans and stuff, you know. But unfortunately, we got bounced and stuff. For us, we would have played them. But they're a really good team. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can't take nothing away from them. Uh, and even if they have a bad, if, even if they have a bad season, they're the defending champs. Everybody wants to go at them, you know. It's just like Pleasanton for our district. I mean, they're the defending you know district uh, champs and. We want to bring that title back and take it away from them, um, but no, I'm. It, we've been working really hard at at at, um, at trying to regain the status that we had uh, as far as when we went uh, three district uh, championships in a row. Be able to do do the work on the on the pitch, be faster, be quicker, possession play. Uh, that back line is working pretty good now. You know where yeah. everybody moves as a unit. There's a lot of offsides. You know that that uh that we're uh that we're we're producing which kind of frustrates some teams so i mean i have a great senior out there you know mason my who uh who controls that back one 
I mean, like you said, he's the only, he's the only senior that I have on the team that's playing. Uh, I only have two, and he's you know he's one of the starters. So um, we're we're hopefully that you know we can we can meet up with them. Um, I think of everything. I think the forecast was that he they're at the bottom bracket though, so we won't probably meet them till way later, which would be good. That would be that would be awesome to be able to see them. Yeah, that'd be that'd be an inter- that'd be an interesting game to see. Correct in the playoffs. Yes. And then, and then, as far as for maybe like you know, kind of looking forward next year, uh, realignment. Did realignment any affect you guys as far as you know? Maybe what you foresee for next year? Well, the uh, the realignments already showed up for the other sports. They haven't quite come up for uh, for us. Um, but you know, when I was looking at some of the uh, some of the um, some of the information on UIL, and I happened to click on uh, on the soccer one uh, for UIL, and then I, all of a sudden I saw. Hondo in our district. I'm like, I called Coach Amador and I was like, "Hey, did did Hondo come in our district? You know, and they just appeared. So, mm-hmm. um, and I'm like, I guess they did. I didn't know there was a realignment or anything like that. So they just they just popped up. So we called the AD and said, you know, yeah, they're they're gonna play next year. But no, um, if if it's gonna be realigned and if it's gonna be close to what like volleyball and the, and the uh, football and stuff like that, I think Gonzalez will probably be with us. I think we're losing a a few other, a few other teams, but gaining a few of them. I think maybe uh, Kennedy and, uh, and Memorial will, will will fall under us as well because I heard that they're dropping to four A. Uh, but uh, my uh, my plan for next year is to is to play uh, in the preseason uh, bigger uh, bigger teams and bigger tournaments, um, a bunch of just five A's and six A's and stuff like that. So uh, that that is the that is the plan for next year for preseason. That is. Because of course, if you want to, you know, you want to be the best, you got to try to compete against the best, you know. So that that is our that is our plan, and the boys are all for it. You know, I did that uh, a couple of years ago, and they they fared pr- uh, pretty well and stuff like that. So I, yeah. I, I try to I try not to play uh, um, teams more than two or three times because I want to venture out there to, mm-hmm. to see the uh, different styles of plays, different towns, different schools, different you know, different everything. Um, so because when I first got here. Um, we had played this team like four or five times as it was in our schedule. I, I just came out of um, uh, coming out to the school and came on to here and the schedule was already set. And it was like, well, wait a minute. Why are we playing this team like three, four times? I mean, it's like, can, can we change this up? And I was, I was coming from, from coaching club and uh, coming on to the UIL. So I really didn't know how things worked because I was still learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I, know what I know now, of course, I would have, I would have dropped and changed a lot of those teams and stuff like that. But, but, but that's my thing to, to go out a little venture out a little bit more. Um, like we go to Salado for a tournament. We've mm-hmm. gone to Austin, you know, Burnett way out there, um, a little bit close to uh, the, the Houston area, uh, um, down to Corpus, you know, we're, we're putting a little bit of miles. Cause again, I want to be able to do venture out instead of just staying here in the SA in the SA area. Roth is, is a fan of that. I'll just, yeah. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> like, like we are get into it. We talk about the playing a tough pre pre district schedule. Yeah. Any 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 team, any kind of dream matchup we would like to schedule. Any team that you would, hey, you know what? I, I like to play these guys to see if we're made of. <laughs> you, know, you know, um, my my girls they played for they played for Judson. You know, and so I've been trying to get Judson to hey, you know, <laughs> let let's let's uh let's play. You know, uh, hopefully they're watching. So uh, you know, uh, send me an email and stuff. But uh, 
uh, I, I would like to, um, yes, of course, uh, when it comes to 6A, uh, yeah, I would like to play Judson. Uh, I would go, I would like to venture out a little bit further out. Uh, I would like to, of course, play my, just like, just like you play, play your hometown. I'm from the Valley. So I would like to play Los Fresnos. They're 6A <laughs> as well. My dad, so, my dad was from Bronzo. He was a, he's a Hannah. He's a oh, Hannah. really? Yeah. Yeah. So I would like to venture out. I had a buddy who was coaching over at, uh, uh, Padre Island, South Padre Island over there in Port Isabel. But he, but he left. Yeah, he was a, he was ex marine who was uh, coaching their soccer team over there. But he left, and and I had called him. I said, hey, let's schedule something, you know, so that we can uh, give me an opportunity to travel over there, you know, and we can play and stuff. But he he left, and I had told him what I wanted to do um, to to venture down to the valley and and uh, and play my alumni over there. But mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've been reached out for that one. But yeah, I would like to. Like I said, my first one was uh, that they came to mind was was Judson. They're they're kind of close and stuff like that. So I, I do you know they have that Progreso tournament down there. To have oh, like you know what? It. When I first got here, every time we would go deep in the playoffs, Progreso was always our Achilles heel. We we <laughs> couldn't get you know past them guys. Um, the first year I was here, uh, my son played for me, um, and uh, and the, the group of kids that we had. I mean we. When I came on in that July, well, that same month, I I had lost a uh, a player to a car accident in Mexico, oh, mm-hmm. and he uh, uh, Miguel de la Torre, and the, the kid was mm-hmm. phenomenal. I always call him the, the greatest uh, player that I've never coached. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody talked about him highly, and a great player. They said he was like a man, you know, playing on the on a boys team. That's how good he was, uh, but. We dedicated that that season to uh, to him, and um, yeah, we, we we took it to Progreso and at the early uh, at the early part of the game and stuff. But uh, we we came up a little short. But every, every year we would like I said that we would go into the uh, playoffs and go deep. Uh, Progreso somehow they would find the way to to come out. I mean, we went to Corpus and we were up two to one. And uh, I told the boys, hey, look, Jessica, we're winning. It's not over. I mean, these guys have been up there uh, already to the state. They have a resume. They're, 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 they'll find a way. And then sure enough, somehow they found a way and they ended up beating us. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Progreso is one of those. That, yeah, they're, they're, they're a good team. No, if you do play, play them, hopefully you can bring them up here. Win the coin flick and bring them over here. No, you know what? Um, I always have uh, my AD when we when we go into playoffs. I don't do the let's meet halfway. I was like, yeah, you know what? If you're good enough to beat me, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to beat me here, or I'm good enough to beat you at your hometown. You know, mm-hmm. so you know that's just the way it is. So we always I always flip. Uh, you know, I don't like doing that halfway thing unless uh, I think I think I've only done that the halfway mark. I think only once, um, but. Yeah, they, they came all the way over here. And so when I always have my AD, I, I always called him my lucky charm. I was Coach Tabor at the time. Uh, I tell him, hey, flip for me, Coach. And <laughs> he almost won almost every one. So he said when he uh, when he won against Progresso, the, the, the coach was like, oh, dang it, now we got to travel. So, <laughs> yeah, they traveled up here. And, uh, you know, they arrived and stuff. You know, they, they brought all their, all their you know, their, they, they come in uh, in their luxury buses and stuff, you know, where um, – where some schools come in school buses and stuff, you know, but Hey, you know, you know, it's like one of the coaches say, Hey, you know, coach, like, you know, you guys got big guys over here you know, for football, but you go down there, it's all about soccer, you know? So yeah. it's, it's the other way around. So, 
but yeah, we're trying to turn it We're trying to turn it around over here. We're trying to compete over here and try to uh, bring uh, soccer to Lavernia to our little town and stuff like that. But slowly but surely, you know, I'm telling you, it's growing. Somebody, some of the kids, as a matter of fact, one of the parents had, had contacted me like years ago and said, "Hey, we got a bunch of little kids that are you know, doing club right now. Um, they can't wait to uh, to start playing varsity." And then before you know it, here it is. These are them. These are them that, that, that arrived. That arrived last year, and and sure enough, you know they 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 have a dream like I have a dream. You know, you know, mm-hmm. we want to push, and you know their their job is to, is to train hard, to push hard, to, to pump more steel, to run faster. Mine is, of course, is just to, to train them and try to keep up because soccer has has changed a lot. You know, it's not just about you know, hey, go kick the ball, you know, and and, and you know on the net and stuff and. Now it's about technique and stuff. You know, it's the easiest game, but it's very complicated, you know, um, because you have to do other things as well. Um, and it's not just, like I say, it's not just about rolling the ball and just kicking it, you know. Any questions, Harry? No, like I said here, thank you for spending, you know, it's about 35 minutes here with us, Coach. Like I said here, it's, you know, you got me all excited for, you know, for Lavernia and, and, you know, we'll, thank be, you. we'll be rooting for you yes. uh, in, in the foray. Uh, uh, districts and, and, and like I said here, uh, I tend to go for the smaller schools, Rafa's, you know, the big name schools. So, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. When, it, when it comes to bracketology, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see if we can press that button a couple of times to keep, yeah, it yeah, yeah. Anytime, and I and thank you guys for for inviting me. And you come over here, just send me an email, I'll, I'll set you guys up with some, some tickets and stuff. And you know, it, it's awesome. I, I really appreciate uh, this opportunity. Uh, to be able to brag about my about my players and stuff and about the school and everything, but you know, uh, and don't sleep on Hondo. We we me and Rafa made the yeah. trip out to Hondo earlier this year, and it, yeah, you know, that was what their first victory uh, yeah, in district, their first district win, and uh, you know, like I said here, uh, you know, so uh, yes. they do have some talent, and like I said right. here, you know, the Hondo crowd, like I said, turns out and supports, uh, you know, someone just like Lavernia does uh, yes. for there, so uh, you know. I came from a small school, so I, I love the small town feel, you know, uh, uh, you know, of where the community comes and support. It doesn't matter what the sport is. The whole community right. comes in and, exactly. and and supports the players. So that's why I love it here because the, the community around here is very embracing. It's they're awesome. I, I really appreciate these guys. Rafa, any final thoughts for coach uh, before we let him go? So right. that way he can uh, either grade some papers or, uh, Get home with the family. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's a pleasure talking to Coach, and like I said, we look forward to seeing him. You know, in the in the in the playoffs, and you know, good luck to you. Hopefully, you do win the district title, and like I said, hopefully, I can make get a have an opportunity to head out there to Lavernia do a lot uh, a, a live stream. I know I did one. There you go. I get a chance out there, and we'll, we'll make it happen. But thank you so much. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Thank you, Coach. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. All right, that was uh, Coach uh, uh, Carranza from uh, Lavernia High School. Uh, like I said here, it's, dude, I'm fired up. I ain't lying. <laughs> uh, like I said, I'm excited about the team because, like I said, I did get to see him play, and 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 honestly, he's they've really turned it up a notch. And and I said, I think they they could be a there might be that sleeper team for four a. <laughs> If I'm Bernie, I better keep an eye out on them because they, the players that they have, especially their their center forward, they can do a lot of damage. And 
So I think they, I, I won't be surprised if they make it to the re, you know to the regional tournament down in the Cali and be one of those Final Four teams and hopefully they get off, get that monkey off their back and knock off Progreso or, or, or Hidalgo and maybe have a Bernie Bernie um, Lavernia regional final which would be great. And I will I will say this uh, I know we had the boys coach on but uh, I do want to emphasize that the Lavernia girls mm-hmm. are also having a very successful season. Um, as well, and, and it was really encouraged that you know both sets of the coaches work together um, and encourage both sides along those lines, and and that's something that I hope we see all around, not only here in San Antonio, but you know throughout uh, all high school programs um, that um, both coaches are working to improve all of the the uh, soccer players, whether it's boys or girls, and and um, I have a feeling if they have some shared practices, uh, those are, are probably some pretty fun and heated times, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, in, in, a, in, a, in a good way um, on the pitch, because it does sound like, you know, you know, both the boys and girls of Lavernia, you know, you know, for the Bears, you know, they're, they're going to make some noise in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. you know, the question is, is just how far? Yeah. So transitioning from Lavernia here, do we want to, you know, we'll start off with the, with the um, uh, schedules here or, or promote the standings here. Uh, we'll switch because Taps is in the middle of the playoffs here, uh, so we'll kind of briefly catch up on that, um, and then we'll come back to the UIL uh, standings here because uh, obviously Taps start, or, yeah, Taps starts real, you know, earlier, so their season finishes earlier. So uh, for that here, um, so just kind of getting started here. Uh, these are you know per uh, Rank One Sports, which is where the Taps website goes through. Uh, the standings are final. So Central Catholic, uh, you know, you know, won the Division One, District Three boys, uh, you know, with an undefeated. Um, Antonio, you know, finished a strong second. I was a little surprised about uh, SA Christian, uh, you know, being one in five. Um, any thoughts on, on on this one here? I know we probably want to go a little bit quicker than normal uh, since we're going to have playoffs. Just just really quick, you know, I, I mean, you got to give it to Central Catholic. I mean, they they had a rough start. I mean, they had a really rough start, and honestly, thought that Antonio was probably this was their year to knock them off. And I mean, Central Catholic took care of business and they ended up going six and zero in their district play and getting that district title. So that that was a, that was a surprise there. You know, everybody kind of thought they the, they were left for dead, but they were able to to get back and get back on track and win the district you know, win the district title. District two, uh, District two, uh, Division three, uh, St. Anthony's TMI, uh, uh, which is still alive in the playoffs, finished the highest. Uh, you know, for San Antonio, St. Mary's Hall, unfortunately missed the playoffs here as well uh, for that here. And, and of course, Geneva had had a rough year on the boys' side here. The girls' side's going really strong, uh, but on the boys' side here through here. So uh, we'll get into TMI a little bit later because uh, they are uh, one of the last uh, remaining. San Antonio teams uh, still playing here uh, for that here. Uh, District three boys, uh, uh, district, uh, pardon me, district three, region five boys. Uh, John Paul II, uh, you know, tied with Our Lady of the Lake Hills as through there. And the Atonement uh, made the playoffs here for that, uh, for that here. Looking at the girls, uh, SA Christian Lions and, uh, you know, the Ant- Antonian. Uh, Antonian uh, finished for the, the top two in the district one, three girls uh, for that here. Um, 
surprisingly, I think uh, SA Christian got the district by, um, I think there were what two out of three games are very close uh, that, that they played in Tonian because uh, their first yeah. game got canceled out. So, and, and I know we kind of talked about it last week when we uh, did the, the rankings here. Uh, thoughts on uh, SA Christian and Antonian? Like I said, it was basically a dogfight between those two teams. Like I said, coming down to the for the for the district title, and probably were also two of the favorites and going to the Taps playoffs for for that for that region. Uh, district three, uh, St. Mary's got in at four, um, and Hyde Park also got in uh, at five here, and and Geneva, you know, got the second spot here. And like I said here. Um, this district uh, in the TAPS playoffs is uh, showing that uh, it was one of the tougher districts, uh, you know, when it comes to TAPS here. And we'll, we'll get into that here in a second here. And then District 4, uh, J- uh, John Paul II Guardians uh, finished with 22 wins, undefeated in the district, which was one of their goals. Uh, the Atonement Academy and then uh, Holy Cross uh, of San Antonio uh, made the uh, made the playoffs here. Looking at the playoffs here, uh, let's see here if I can blow this up here a little bit here. Um, so looking at uh, TAPS uh, Division One, uh, the it's already set for the Final Four. Uh, you got the uh, the Convent High School versus uh, Convent Christian Academy. You know, uh, District One, Region One, the first and the second place uh, players. Uh, you know, sides over over there, and they've been. You know, you know, Cohen's been pretty convincing. You know, winning 7-0, winning 5-0 um, along the lines. Um, you know, for that here, and then on the other side of the bracket, uh, uh, John Paul Catholic High School out of Region Four or District Four, uh, Region One, um, is going against uh, Cypress Christian. Uh, looking at Cypress uh, Christian here, they they seem to be uh, the winner of. Uh, of uh, three district three region one uh, or finished first place along those lines here. So um, unfortunately it doesn't look like any of the San Antonio teams um, uh, went very far. Unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, New Brunswick Christian went, you know, went out uh, against uh, logos Academy four three. And then where was the other one here? The atonement, the atonement Academy. Uh, like I said here, lost uh, you know 3-0 to to the Bay, and then Holy Cross lost 4-0 to um, to there. Is this oh this oh, pardon me, this is Girls Region Three here. Hold on, clicked on the wrong one here. So okay, so we'll go backwards. Uh, Division Three Girls uh, for that here. I was like, this doesn't sound right because Central Catholic should be here uh, for that here. <laughs> Sorry about that here. Uh, so uh, JP, and that's yeah. us, right? The uh, uh, JPG. Uh, is um, right. That's that's the JP two girls. Yeah, yeah. JP two girls. So they're going to be facing off against Cyprus, and then uh, their arch enemy, the convent, is uh, on pace there. So for a possible what four 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 peak match because it's or three peak match. The 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 double rubber match. (laughs) Yeah. Along those lines. So moving to Division Two uh, on the on the girls' side here. Now that I got looking at the right tabs here. Um, so uh, on here you had St. Mary's Hall face Lutheran South. Uh, f- they lost five to three. Um, any comments that you wanted to give? Uh, if Coach Kano mentioned anything about that game that uh, they played, 
there was some little controversy on that game with the officiating and um, their star player got two kind of bogus yellow cards and really the ref was just not you know from what I heard because like they were they had some momentum they were coming back they were down four three but like I said the Lutheran got a goal in that kind of killed their little momentum. Um, like I said, they were making that comeback. So, um, like I said, hopefully, like I said, next year, like I said, St. Mary's will build off from this and hopefully be able to host it, host again next year so that they can have some better officiating too on that game. Well, I will, I won't get into it cause I'm going to save this for, you know, for, you know, if and when we have coach Cano back on just cause I'm a little bit intrigued about the playoff structure for taps. Um, cause they had the, you know, the, you know, the, the, Fourth place team in the division um, played the second place team in the div- in, in the division. Here, uh, Geneva School had to play a uh, by district round. However, if you finished fifth, Hyde Park, you know they got to buy that first that, that first you know first round to get to the area yeah. uh, on here. But uh, to me, to me, the story is Geneva uh, of Bernie. You know they beat uh, Emory Weiner. Um, you know five four or pardon me four uh, zero. Uh, then they beat St. Paul, uh, St. St. John's Paul the second, uh, you know, which was the first place team out of out of uh, District Four, seven zero. Uh, then they came back to beat Second Baptist High School five to one, along those lines. So they're in the final. Um, also, you know, the winner of uh, you know the uh, district uh, uh, district three uh, here, uh, St. Michael's, has also. Uh, Cruised pretty, um, pretty convincingly. Four-one over Lutheran South, and four-one also over the Woodland. Um, at this time here, uh, you know, like I said here, uh, we don't know um, who you know, Southwest Christian High School and the Regents High School, the, the third place winner of uh, District Three or Region Three. Uh, you know, you know who's won that match as of yet. But if you look at it here, you've already got the first and second place, and then the third place team in this district mm-hmm. uh, or region could possibly make it. And then, of course, you know you have uh, region, uh, you know, region one, Grapevine of Coromdale Academy uh, through here. Um, any thoughts on uh, Division two, Region three? Uh, seems like a pretty strong conference. Uh, How crazy know. is that? That district there at St. Mary's Hall's in, they, they may have three teams in the final four. You know, I know that wouldn't happen in UIO, but for taps, <laughs> pretty, that's that's that's, that's int- that just tells you how how much the level of competition they have in that girls district. You know, um, basically it's a, it's a playoff game, and you know those those district games when they play. So, like I said, they have like I said, the district's gonna have three chance, maybe possibly three chances to to get a, get a state title to represent the district. Yeah, it's to me, like I said, you're, you know, you're going to have at least one uh, in, in, in the championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think St. Uh, St. Michael's, you know, obviously looking at the records has done very well in district. Uh, but, you know, uh, don't sleep on Geneva. Uh, like I said here, looking at their recent recent results, um, they are on a roll. Moving to. Uh, Division One. Um, unfortunately for the San Antonio teams, uh, they bow- bowed out at the Elite Eight uh, for that here. Um, Antonian got past uh, St. Paul. Uh, you know, three. Uh, I, f- I missed the score. I think it was three, three one, mm-hmm. and then uh, San Antonio Christian 
got past Concordia Lutheran 3-1. Um, unfortunately, this past weekend, uh, they lost to uh, St. Uh, Pius uh, Catholic, a 1-0, and then St. Agnes uh, Academy, uh, you know, uh, beat uh, Antonian 3-0. So, unfortunately for the Division I, um, unlike, Divi you know, the Division II uh, and Division III, uh, San Antonio, unfortunately, is out at this point here. Uh, any thoughts on Antonian or uh, San Antonio Christian? Uh, I mean, good season for both teams. You know, we just kind of wish they would uh, go a little, you know, extend a little longer. Hopefully, they'll build on that and reach the final four next year. They at least one, you know, the, for the way that it's set up, they make hopefully we can have both of them facing each other in that in that in that final, final four semifinal. Moving to the boys' division three here. Um... You know, uh, on our side here, just make sure there wasn't anybody on here. Uh, Hill Country Academy, uh, 3 1, uh, unfortunately lost to uh, Convent Christian Academy um, for that here. And then San Marcos Academy, unfortunately, uh, beat Northland Christian 2 1, but lost to St. Thomas. JP2 is still in it on the boys' side. They beat uh, Lutheran uh, High North. Uh, three, two, and they'll play uh, St. Thomas Episcopal. Uh, to, I believe it's today here, if, if memory serves me correct. Uh, the Atonement Academy, unfortunately, also lost here. So, um, thoughts on you know on on, on division on 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 uh, the D Taps Division Three. Uh, if memory serves me right, especially from last year, uh, John Paul two and St. Thomas is. Uh, is is a budding rivalry at this uh, at this at this time of, of uh, the taps playoff and and it, i think the last couple of years it's it's been split uh for that here i know uh, uh jp2 was able to get past them last year uh for that yeah the jp2 is looking to kind of equal equalize what the girls are doing trying to get into that one four to represent i guess the san antonio area and the taps you know the tap state title uh, state final four so hopefully they have a good result tonight like i said we'll hopefully pass it on if you have anybody has results right now that's watching, send, send it on the chat so we can that way we know what's going on. But hopefully we do they'll get a win, and like I said, maybe they can get a state title just like the girls. So moving over to Division Two, uh, to me the story, especially for San Antonio, is T, uh, TMI. Uh, they knocked off the first place winner in Region One uh, for that here one zero after be, uh, getting past uh, Grace Community High School. 1-0, they're playing uh, the Brook Hill uh, High School uh, tonight here uh, along those lines here with the chance to face uh, the Prince of Peace uh, Christian Academy here for that who who are in the semifinals. Yes. Excuse me. Uh, St. Michael Catholic uh, has came through on, on the other side here. Um, and I'm just trying to see if anybody stands out. Regents. Da, 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 da. No, I think that's the only one here really is with the TMI, uh, with the San Antonio connection here. Uh, are you familiar at all with the Brook Hill? Or, I'm uh, not familiar with them, but like I said, hopefully TMI. Like I said, they had two big two big. They surprised wins. us last year as well. They went further than anticipated. Yeah, because nobody thought they were going to make a run, and they're making a run You know, this year. Um, hopefully they can do it again and get in, get into the final. And then Division One, uh, you know, for Taps, 
let's see here. Antonian's still in it. Uh, they got past uh, uh, Munsinger Kelly, Catholic two to one. Um, Over the defending uh, Taps champs. They're playing a very tough, from my understanding, a very tough uh, St. Thomas High School who won Region Four, um, and who who uh, beat uh, St. Dominic in, in in the same district as uh, Antonian, five uh, zero uh, for that here. Um, I guess the big news is Central Catholic got past uh, St. Uh, Peter's uh, Catholic High School four to two. Unfortunately, though, in the regionals they lost three to one to the Village High School. So. Uh, unfortunately for Central Catholic, you know, they got off to a rough start, got on a roll, um, did win, you know, the area, but unfortunately couldn't get out of out of the regional. And we'll see if Antonian uh, can can get past the regional uh, to still keep a, a San Antonio representative in. Yeah, like I said, kudos to Central Catholic, you know, you know not, not a good start, but, you know, they were able to finish, win the district title and. Unfortunately, it came a little short, but hopefully next year though they can build on that and get get back to the final. So moving to the UIL side here, uh, we'll start Region Four here. Uh, Bernie, uh, what can you say? They're they're the class in, in District Twenty Six on the boys' side here, uh, followed by uh, Davenport, uh, Fredericksburg, and Wimberley. Uh, I think the top four playoff teams there are pretty set here. Um, I don't. Unfortunately, I don't think uh, Bandera is going to be uh, having enough time to, uh, you know, fill fill in the, for their hair. So, any thoughts on, on, you know, any, you know, on who finishes second or third, or you know, I, I think it's going to come down to between Fredericksburg and Davenport. I don't know if they're going to be facing each other this, anytime soon, but whoever, if they are, whoever wins that game is more likely is going to get that second that second seed in. You know, be a lot better playoff spot. You know, you know, maybe we be even a host as well. But what can you say about Bernie? Bernie, like I said, they're the class, they're the defending champs, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, we'll see how far they go in the playoffs this year. Because I know they're gonna have a big target on their back. Uh, Twenty-seven boys. Uh, obviously, we talked with uh, the Lavernia head coach here. Seven zero and two in district. You know, Pleasanton. Uh, you know, Eagles. That you know, the defending district champs. Uh, right on their heels at five and one. Hondo, uh, you know, for a first year program, I think has been very successful. Uh, Somerset, F, uh, Fox Tech, and even Uvalde. Um, and even you can throw uh, Hondo into that into into that three, four, five, six spot here. Um, it'll be an interesting uh, last probably week and a half of the season, I guess, uh, at this point here to figure out who you know who, who claims spots three and four um, on there here. And I think. I think we all probably expect Lavernia to, to to bring back the title after three years uh, back to Lavernia. Is that correct? Yeah, then and then Pleasanton, I think they should they'll have no problem clinching. But yeah, there's one game separating from third and sixth place, and these last few games are gonna really mean something. Like I said, mean something about getting who gets in the playoffs and who doesn't. And like I said, it may come down to the very last game to see who gets in. Moving on to uh, District 26 girls, uh, Wimberley, uh, Bernie, and Davenport. You know, it's a three-legged race uh, at this point, and, and that's not to say, you know, Canyon Lakes out, but I think, you know, with three teams to jump, I think it's probably going to be a little bit harder for them. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, how the top three settle this. 
Um, and if any teams kind of drop and maybe, you know, Canyon Lake can, can sneak above and, and, and sneak in there. Um, Fredericksburg is not out of it by any means uh, for that here, you know, for the playoffs here. But uh, your thoughts on this very competitive district for District 26? It's going to come down to the, I guess, like the last game. As far as Wimberley and Bernie, uh, they actually faced each other last night at Bernie. I think they got they got a win. So they gave, I think, Wimberley the first district loss. So they're just a game behind um, them on the standings and, you know, could end up tied tying for the district title. And depending on the head-to-head and the goal differential, you know, it may come down to who, who gets that number one seed. Uh, Davenport, like I said, they're, they're still in striking distance. Like I said, they're about a half a game, maybe a game, game and half. You know, they may need some help winning a couple of ties or a loss to maybe claim that title. And then I think Canyon Lake, I think it's going to between them and Fredericksburg is going to come down who gets that fourth spot for the last play, for the last place spot in that district. Moving at Region 4, uh, 27 uh, for, you know, for Fourier here. Uh, Uvalde still nine and zero, Pleasanton nine and one, Lavernia seven and three, um, and then it's going to come down to SA Young leadership, uh, women's leadership, uh, Somerset for that last spot there. I'm not sure with Fox Techs having six losses if they're going to have a room uh, to kind of catch up from there. But uh, uh, to me, you know, do you see anybody whether it be you know? you know, Pleasant, do you think Pleasanton can get past uh, Uvalde or do you think Uvalde is going to be kind of the, the class of, of, of this division this year? I think they've been the class, but if they, I think if they're facing each other, they have one more round or play one more game against each other, Pleasanton <laughs> get that game. They can tie for that district title. Um, so like I said, it's going to, you know, <clears throat> look at the, at the schedules, see where, where they're at. Laverde, I think that should have no problem. Clinching that yeah, I think third. I think they're locked into third at this point. That four spot still kind of up in the air. I think even Fossex still has a chance, even though they're two games behind. I mean, anything can happen. But like I said, it's going to come down to Young Women's leadership in Somerset. Um, like I said Somerset Young Women uh, Young Women's leadership. I think they'll probably get the leg up and more likely get that four spot. Moving on to 5A here. Uh, this is the Dripping Springs Invitational. <laughs> and I joke uh, uh, about that here. But uh, they're, they're, from everybody that I've talked to, just, you know, just says that, you know, especially, you know, on the girls' side that, that it's, you know, they're just, they're one of the top teams uh, in the state. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't even think, you know, 5A, 6A, 4A, that they'd be very competitive no matter where you placed them. Uh, burning champion, um, Alamo Heights, uh, two, three and, uh, Canyon, uh, at six, four and two and Buddha, uh, you know, Johnson Jaguars, six, four and two at six, uh, six, four and two. And then you got Kerrville at six and six. So that four spot, um, in, in to me, you know, will be very interesting on, on who sneaks in and, and who just misses, um, you don't think Alamo Heights uh, could slip back um, at all, do you? I know they got the, the ties here. Uh, well, you- game Friday night, and like I said, they just had a two lo- two zero loss last night to Bernie Champion, so that knocked that knocked them down to the third third spot. And like I said, they have a big game Friday night against Dripping Springs, and if they lose that game, and maybe Kamal and and Johnson get a win. You know, 
It puts them back in that hole. Could be in danger of not making the playoffs, you know. So it's a big game, like I said, for Alamo Heights. So at least maybe I think a tie against Drupal Strings will be something positive to keep them, you know, in the, within that spot. But it, it may come down, like I said, to the very flat, you know, head-to-head who's going to come down. Like I said, don't count out Canyon. Canyon's got a really good team as well. But I, th- I think I think more like I think Alamo Heights and Canyon are going to make the playoffs. You know, Johnson maybe just really little, probably a big game be lose out by by a game or a half a game. And I don't know if you know if you know this or how much you want to go into detail. What are the tiebreakers? Do you know? Is it? I know probably district is first, but after that, does it go to overall or they go well head to head, and then then goal differential. So that's how they normally, and if it's so tight, then they'll do the coin flip. So they do the Friday night lights coin flip. All right. Then moving on to 27, uh, Jefferson, uh, Edison, Brackenridge, Burbank, and Kennedy. Um, Like I said, you know, Jefferson and Edison, I think probably, uh, well, you can't throw out Brackenridge. You know they've got nine ones as well. So, how, how do you kind of feel this one? I, I, I kind of felt that Jefferson was in the driver's seat the, the entire season. Yeah, but it's still close. <laughs> yeah, I think eventually. I think Je- well, Jefferson's playing tonight, so I know they had a big game tonight. Uh, so if they can get a win, they can try to try to separate themselves. I do know that they played Edison at the last game of the, their last district game of the season. So. Edison can stay within striking range. You know, we could end up having a split district title between both. Uh, Brackenridge, they're going to need some help. Maybe I know Edison to have a loss. The same thing with Jeff. Um, even even Burbank, too, is also within. I mean, if Jefferson gets on a three-game losing streak, Burbank could still overtake him, too. So I know I saw Burbank play last night against um, Sam Houston right before my the, li- the live feed. Um, they struggled a little bit with Sam Houston. Sam Houston – they almost they almost came back and rallied in to tie that game, but they were they did not play a good second half. Burbank did, but uh, but I think eventually I think it's going to come down to Jefferson and Edison. They could come down to that very last game to who wins the district title. Moving to District Twenty Eight Southwest Nine and O Medina Valley uh, Southwest uh, Legacy, and then McCollum. You give Floresville any shot, or you think the top, you know, the top four is fairly set? I, I think it might be fairly set. I think, I think, like I said, Southwest is pretty much they they locked got that locked in. Uh, Medina Valley, uh, I know they have a big game coming up with Legacy. That can determine who gets that second seed. Um, and then I, I don't see McCullum, you know, you know, dropping out of that four spot, I think they'll end up clinching that, you know, that, that last playoff spot. You know, I know Floresville was a shocker last year because they knocked off Jefferson as a four seed, but I don't see that this year. I think McCollum will take care of business and, you know, lock up that last playoff spot. Moving to uh, 5A26 boys, Dripping Springs, Alamo Heights, uh, the two class teams, um, three, four, Five, um, and I guess you could even throw Buddha in there or, or Johnson Jaguars in there at, at six. Um, and even Bernie Champion, even the, you know, they've got an outside shot. I, I think it's a very outside shot, but uh, technically speaking, 
you know, the, nobody's pulled away for, you know, for that third or fourth slot at this point. Yeah. Uh, well, the big game Friday night, um, Alamo Heights at Dripping Springs. And can they pull off the upset and knock them off and, and, and you know, get closer, you know, to that just, you know, trying to tie for the district title. Uh, but those are probably my two locks already for the playoffs. Uh, but that three, four, and five, maybe even the six, it's still, it's, like I said, that's going to come down, you know, maybe to the last two, three, you know, like I said, the last two, the final game of the second to last game. Um, like I said, Kyle, Kyle Lehman's been the surprise. You know, last year they were towards the bottom and they were able to kind of bounce this year and, and be in contention. So I think Kamal, I, I expected kind of Canyon to be a little bit better this year. Uh, but like I said, they're they're hanging in fourth. But you know, Curvo don't count out Curvo. Like I said if they can knock off Canyon, up and win some of the other games, like they can clinch that last spot for the for the pole loss. Are you surprised that Bernie Champion still struggling this year? Yeah, and I wonder if that has more to do with graduation. They may have a very young team. That's a possibility, you know, or maybe injuries. You know, sometimes injuries do take a toll you know, on your season. And I, I expect a little bit more from Bernie Champion. I, I expect him to be probably maybe the third best team, third or fourth best team in that district. But, yeah, to see them struggling this year was, was it's a, it's a bit, you know, it's a bit surprising. But hopefully, like I said, maybe next year they'll bounce, like I said, they'll bounce back. You know, like I said, it's, you know, be, maybe being a young team, they'll, they'll learn to like get a lot of experience and turn things around, especially next year that Dripping Springs won't be in their district. Moving to District 27, uh, Lanier, Brackenridge, uh, Sam Houston, Burbank, uh, Edison uh, at six and five, uh, half a game out uh, at, at this point here from that fourth slot here. Um, and even Kennedy, um, you know, they're two games back. So, it, you know, the window is kind of closing. But uh, uh, to me, like Lanier, you know, they've got a two game lead, you know, according to, to the, the stats that I was able to pull up here, uh, they got a two game lead. Uh, lead in the standings uh, for that here. So you think anybody catches Lanier or is really, you know, the race for that, you know, you know, you know, fifth, you know, fourth slot in the playoffs. Uh, this is still, I don't think it's still over yet because Brack and Lanier still have to play each other. So, and then Lanier had a shocking loss, you know, one of the games that was expected to win, they had a loss. So, you know, don't count, you know, it's not it's going to come down probably to the last couple games. Um, Sam, I was at the game last night with Sam Houston and Burbank. Uh, they were tied, you know, as far as um, the district record, and Sam Houston was able to down two two players because it had, it had two players that got red carded. They came back um, in the penalty shootout. They won four to two, so they have now they have the tiebreaker over uh, Burbank and a game lead with them. So I uh, did talk to Coach H yesterday. They're sort of inching a little bit closer to getting into you know, into clinching a playoff spot. So I, th I think the top three are probably going to end up being your top three for the, for you know, in your playoffs. And then it's going to come down to maybe Burbank and Edison. I think Edison has been surprising teams. And I know I had a little rough start, but they're starting to come back. And they came, come down. I think, I, I think Edison might end up overtaking Burbank in that final spot. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, District 28 Southwest, um, in my opinion, has it locked up. Uh, but you know, finishing, you know, 
I guess three, four, five, because uh, Southwest Legacy seven, two, one. Um, I think they're locked into the second slot as well. Uh, but Medina Valley, Harlandale, or uh, Eagle uh, Eagle Pass, yeah. right? Uh, Eagle Pass uh, uh, win at five, four, and two. Um, all kind of neck and neck there. Um, you know, lo- looking at the records, you know, you would probably have to lean Harlandale. Uh, you know, probably you know probably should sneak back up to that third slot there. But uh, your thoughts on the uh, bottom half of this district as far as uh, for the playoffs? Uh, like I said, I know Legacy has a good uh, game coming up. I think on the 11th with Southwest. Hopefully, maybe they can get a win from that, and that'd be a good confidence booster for them going into the playoffs. But as far as the last few spots, I think it's going to come down to, like I said, those three teams: Medina Valley, Harlandale, CC win. Um, Medina Valley's been playing well. Same thing as Harlandale. Uh, you see when they're sneaking up on people, so don't count, don't write them off. You know, if they can get a, a couple wins these last before the district ends, like I said, they can sneak in and get that fourth and possibly even that third place spot. Moving to 6A, uh, Smithson Valley, uh, 9 1 and 1. To me, Shirts Clemens, probably a, a surprise. I know they're a quality program, but. You know how they got off to a slow start this year, uh, out of, out of district here, but they're nine one and one now. Um, I think those are clear one and two. We'll we'll see who can who can win the district. Uh, three and four, I think. You know, as far as you know, playoffs. I think you know it's kind of locked in with New Braunfels and Cibolo Steel uh, for that six three and two. But you know, to me, I, I think it'll be interesting to see. You know who finishes in the in the odd numbers and who finishes in the even numbers. Uh, you know between you know between these four clubs. Yeah, Spencer Valley's had a little little bump on the road. You know they had won sixteen games on the road, and then that, that loss against the Braffles really kind of rattled them a bit. And then they end up tying with Church Clemens uh, last week. So and that helped Clemens kind of tie them up in the in, in the in the district well championship race. So it's going to come down to the last. I know that Smith uh, Valley did win last night against Southstand. They had a convincing win, so mm-hmm. hopefully they get them back on track. Um, I think Smith Valley still has to play Cibolo Steel. Mm-hmm. It's not a gimme game, so you know, and especially with in playoff, like you mentioned, do I want to be on the three seed or on the four seed? Because you know, especially with District Twenty Eight Six A, you know that fourth seed or that third seed, you know it's it's going to be a doozy of a game. So, um, and like I said, I think I think more likely those are your four teams that are going to be representing Twenty Seven Six A for for the playoffs. I don't I don't see East Central catching up to. Right, know, yeah, I, I think the top four set on this one. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Twenty Eight, uh, Reagan Ten O and Two, Lee Eight One and Two. Uh, Brandeis six one and three, um, and Johnson seven two and two. When I was going through and updating it here from a couple of weeks ago, yeah. there are quite a few more draws, uh, you know, lately in, in this district, you know, compared compared to previously. So, um, not a lot of movement um, per se. I, I think you know Brandeis moved up a little bit. Uh, you know, I think from my recollection, and Church Churchill kind of sl- slid down. But I was kind of surprised at the number of ties, you know, the, you know, the draws that, that happened here. So um, I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, but you know, I think it just shows the depth of the conference, you know, that, you know, especially, you know, how this is a very top heavy uh, district. 
Yeah, I mean, Reagan's pretty much in full control right now in the district, but they still have two big matches coming up. One Friday night here at Ferris against Brandeis. Uh, if Brandeis can pull up, put off, you know, uh, pull off a win, then they're back into the that district championship race. You know, with, with half well, it opens up for Lee as well. It also opens up for Lee too to tie him up, and and like I said, Reagan still also still has to play with Johnson as well. And I know Johnson would uh, was probably looking for some revenge, you know, after that loss. For the Union Cup, and you know, like I said, they can give them an all loss, and that could end up giving Lee or even Brian Nice the district title. So it's like uh, I said, Reagan's not out of the woods yet. So, but if they can, if they can knock off Brandeis and they can knock off Johnson, they're pretty much they're deadlock winning the district title. Um, so, well, let me ask you a question here because we're, we're almost almost through it here. Um, do you think having a competitive district, you know, because we're what about a week and a half out from? you know, the, the last week of the playoffs, do you think it's better to kind of have, you know, where, where you're still fighting for everything? Um, or do you think it's maybe better where if you had things like a little bit settled here, where um, maybe you could rest some players, you know, you know, you know, control some minutes a little bit more. Um, do you think that's an advantage to either one or you think it really, you know, kind of varies on the team? I think that's varies on the team. Um if you're playing kind of just for try to get into it, maintain a playoff spot or get into the playoffs, you know, you're going to be motivated. If you have, you know, pretty much things like kind of wrapped up, kind of like Southwest has pretty much everything wrapped up, you know, you still have to find a way to get motivated um, to, because, you know, you don't want to go into the playoffs kind of, you know, kind of with no little lethargic and so forth, because like I said, a four seed can beat a one seed, mm -hmm. you, you know, this is high school. And this is high school. You know, you cannot take teams for granted. And like I said, we've seen some four seeds knock off some top seeds, you know, especially especially if you play in a district that basically is a playoff, like here, especially here. This is this district is basically a playoff game every every district game. So these teams are battle tested and like I said, it's gonna get them ready for for the long haul once they get into the into the playoffs. Moving to 29, uh, Harlan Hawks, uh, I believe, has already clinched the district here. Uh, for that, I believe they tweeted that out last night. O'Connor, I think, safely locked into the second slot. Uh, three, four, and five. Um, I think you could kind of go, kind of go through. Um, looking at the schedules, just looking at it here. I know Brennan right now is in the fourth, fourth place here. Uh, but I know they play O'Connor, they play Marshall, and then I want to say they play Tafter Holmes uh, through here, where Stevens plays uh, John Jay Holmes and Taft, uh, and then uh, you know I you know Marshall yeah I, you know because they've got kind of a two game lead on it. I didn't really look at their schedule, but um, to me I think for District 29 it's about who who can sneak into that four slot between Brennan and Stevens. I don't think Marshall falls falls down to there just based on on, on form and, and you know from the time or two that I've seen them play, but you know for Stevens, uh, you, you've you've got an opportunity, <laughs> you yeah. Know, you, you've you know, and it's not this you know I, I know Stevens Taft and and you know uh, you know just because they're close it's a rival it's a rivalry John Jay and uh, Holmes are, are not pushovers either so. Uh, 
you know, I live next to Stevens. You know, that would be the, the school where my, my, you know, my kids will be going. Uh, so I won't lie. I'm kind of rooting for Stevens, but uh, how do you see this one shaking out? Like you, you did mention about Brennan having the tougher route. So that's, mm-hmm. it's going to come down. Like I said, uh, Brennan really needs to get a win against O'Connor. They, they really need to get a win over O'Connor or, or even a, even a tie over O'Connor that helps because as you know, it's, you're not losing too many points to the, to the teams, you know, to the teams that are ahead of you. I think what hurts you if you lose to the teams below you and those are the games you're expected to win. So, you know, if Brennan can get a tie or even knock off O'Connor, like I said, O'Connor, you know, they're basically stuck on that, se- that second spot. They may start, like you mentioned, they may start risking some players and play some younger players, you know, to just already get ready for the playoffs. You know, kind of heal up, and Brennan could surprise them and, and steal one, and and that and that'll help them maintain where their their lead. Stevens, like I said, I think there's there's their opportunity here to sneak in and get that fourth spot. You know, and like like they did last year for the playoffs. Uh, District twenty seven girls, uh, Smithson Valley. You know, I, you know, I don't think it's official that they've got it locked up, but I think it's fairly close. Uh, New Braunfels, Cibolo. Um, and I think even shirts, you know, where they've got the two games uh, on uh, Converse and East Central uh, for that here. So I think your top four is kind of set on, on this district here. And any thoughts on uh, the Lady Rangers or, or the Unicorns? Uh, Swinson Valley, like I said, they've been my number one team for for the Power Free team for our area. Uh, I think they pretty much got this locked in. Uh, still a battle for the second, third seed, you know. I think Cibola wants to move up and get that get that second spot, you know, because like I said, you're going to play against 28 6A, which could be Reagan, it can be Clark, or it can be you know Madison, or it can be like I said, you you want to get the right matchup for you for that in that first round game. So, it, it, like I said, it's going to come down to the last few games for that, and I think Clemens should have no problem clinching that fourth that last playoff spot. Um, I know they're about maybe I think two games behind Cibolo. Like I said, I think that uh, if they can get some help, like I said, maybe they can sneak up, sneak up and get that third spot. Uh, but I just I don't see Converse, actually Judson or East Central making a move and getting that final spot. Uh, moving to District Twenty Eight, uh, where, where it's craziness. Clark Reagan Johnson. Uh, top Claire, top three, uh, then Madison Lee and Brandeis for that last spot. Uh, to, you know, like like I said here, you can pick you, you can pick which one you want to go first because you know they're, they're both you know both sets are, are are juicy to figure out on how this is going to work out. Yeah, well, I went to the Clark Reagan game on Monday night and. I, it was basically like, like a heavyweight fight, but Reagan stole, you know, Clark was undefeated, but Reagan stole one from them. They got an early goal and they maintained it. Um, I did hear some things about some of the players maybe being a little bit tired because uh, some played in that morning for that NC, ECNL in Houston. Like I said, I heard that from some, some of the people there at the game that stopped by to say hi. Um, could that affected, you know, maybe Clark, even Reagan, as far as, Little, you know, kind of the play, but hey, Reagan was able to steal one, and they're a half a game behind Clark to get that district title. Same thing with um Johnson. Johnson's got to show down with Reagan again. They got to have to face each other, and 
you know, that we'll see who is going to come down. Like I said, come down to the last couple games to see who ends up getting that one spot. I think Madison, I think they're in a battle with Lee. That's also going to come down to the final ones, but I, I'm going to give Madison a little edge on that. I think they'll end up getting that fourth spot, but Lee's, Lee's not going to, you know, you know, roll dead. They're going to challenge him and see, and try to get, try to get that, you know, try to hopefully get that final spot, see if they can get some favorable results. But that, like I said, this is probably the toughest, one of the toughest districts in the state you know, for girls soccer, hands down. I mean, you got five, six teams that can. Well, even on the boys' side, it's, it's very, side. very competitive as well. So, moving to the final district here, uh, Brennan uh, O'Connor. You know, sorry, my cat's making. I'm not sure what he's doing. Uh, Clear, you know, one and two. Taft, I guess you'd probably say, is a solid third. Then it comes to Harlan, Stevens, uh, and even John Jay, I guess, would still be in it. Um, I know Harlan has the, the tiebreakers over Stevens. Uh, for, you know, for that here, I didn't actually look at their schedule here to see how this would I think they make John Jay. <laughs> well, well, we know Stevens plays John Jay, Taft, and... Uh, what was the other team? I believe Taft, I'm... John Jay, and Holmes. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is, is who's Harlan's last three? Um, I can tell you here real quick here. NISD Athletics schedules girls. <clears throat> So Harlan plays Warren on the 15th. Clark landed at Brandeis, Brandon Holmes, Taft, Thomas Stevens. They don't play on the 12th. And... I think spring, that's another factor with spring rate coming up. That could kill some momentum for some some of these teams. And then they play – so Harlan plays – so they played, what, 13 games, right? 10, 13, 12. So that's why they only have two games left. So they play they play Marshall on the 8th. They don't play that weekend um, for that here because there's nine teams in the district. Yeah, should and be then, they, then they wrap up against Warren. Yeah, so they probably have the easier track to get in. Or Stevens, as we discussed here, uh, Taft on Friday uh, for they here, and then John Jay uh, on Saturday the 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 twelfth uh, for that here. And do, 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 do they play here? Oh, uh, and they also play O'Connor on the eighth uh, for that here. So they got a tough tough road. And then home. So yeah, like I said, Harlan Harlan's the, definitely the you know you now they got to play the games, but yeah. you know. Uh, you'd favor uh, Harlan uh, probably sneaking into that that mm-hmm. fourth slot. Well, I know Brennan. I think they played. I think Taft this past Tuesday and they got the win, so they got a half a game lead over O'Connor. And actually, this Saturday at twelve at Ferris, we're gonna have Brennan versus O'Connor girls at twelve p.m. So that's gonna be that could be for the district title there. You know, whoever wins that game is gonna get the number one seed in, in the you know in the district more likely. It, you know, as far as like wherever the remaining games, like I said, they should be taking care of business for that. So, 
that's it as, as far as through the standings. Uh, like I said, we had a great interview with um, uh, Coach uh, Carranza from uh, Lavernia. Top taps playoffs and talked about the the standings here uh, for here. I got to go rescue my cat. I think he got into a box here. Um, <laughs> if you want to start your uh, your final thoughts here for a second. Sure. Like I said, just final thoughts. Like I said, like I said, prayer, prayers up to all the people in Ukraine. Like I said, everyone's hoping safe. Also, prayers to the Stanford player as well. Um, just looking forward for this this weekend. There's going to be some great soccer games, some key matchups coming up. Uh, district titles are on the line. Playoffs are on the line. Um, so you have an opportunity. Go check it out. I guess so. Go support your your local high school teams and. And we look forward to see. Hopefully, like I said, a lot of these teams we see end up in the playoffs. We end up going to um, the to the final four in Georgetown, and hopefully bring back another another state title, to like like Lee did last year. So, um, look, like I said, big big matchups coming up, and then also I do have a big trip coming up <laughs> next week. So I'll be I'll be in Laredo next week. <laughs> so I'll be over there. So I'll be broadcasting from over there in Laredo. Um, so I'll be doing another little recruitment trip. And then hopefully, like I said, I'll have uh, just be on the lookout for where we're going to live stream. Like I said, I'll have one on Friday. I do have a game already on Friday. I haven't told anybody yet, but just be on the lookout on our Twitter page. I'll be advertising that pretty soon. Keep you guys in suspense and maybe even do another, maybe do a Saturday one too. We'll, we'll see. So we may have four games in this week. So you give you give everyone their bank for their buck, but also I want to thank everyone who who watches our live streams. You know the games live and uh, do, do my best on the commentary. I do get excited on some of those, <laughs> uh, but you know nothing but positive feedback. And then also people coming up saying hi, they loving the show and all that. You know, thank you guys. You know for all the support that you're giving us to the roundtable here. So and we look forward to seeing you guys there. You know as far as you know they're at some of the high school games and also of the ASAFC games as well. So my final thought is going to be kind of a setup for Sunday. We're going to have uh, Mr. OKC Energy, uh, Cody Laringi, uh goalkeeper, uh, former goalkeeper of uh, the Oklahoma City Energy, uh, to kind of talk about his transition from uh, playing at Toyota Field as, you know, as a, as a visitor to playing national team duty with Puerto Rico. Uh, to now where he's transitioned to the uh, player agency role um, and kind of, you know, kind of that process and maybe talk a little bit about the uh, uh, USL players, uh, uh, players association agreement and, and, you know, why that, why that is so important. Um, also we'll be discussing SAFC uh, for that here. Um, unfortunately, you know, just due to, uh, you know, life events, none of us were able to attend the Tulsa match. So, uh, unfortunately, from our side, there's not a lot that we can tell you about it. You know, we, you know, we're just starting on it. And, and like I said here, uh, San Antonio lost one nothing uh, along those lines for that here. But and I know they play El Paso this week. Uh, please, Yuma, don't take out anybody uh, from San Antonio FC like you did at the New Mexico player where you just, you know, left uh, your side of the pitch and flew all the way across and, and took out some poor New Mexico player. But uh why doesn't he suspend him? I don't. He didn't even get a red card. Really? No. <laughs> I, I think the tackle. 
I will say this. I think the tackle looks worse because I don't think he had his studs up. Mm-hmm. But my whole issue is it is is it's a friendly. You know, I could see if it's a regular season and most definitely if it's a playoff game, you know, because it was it was a hard tackle. I, I don't think, it, you know, some people are saying it's kind of dirty. I don't think the studs were up or else I think you would have got got a got a red card uh, on that here. Um, and, you know, listening to Sears Loco, I think it looked worse than what it actually was. Um, plus, you know, New Mexico and El Paso. Um, they're best friends, I guess you could say. <laughs> uh, so, but fighting who has the best tacos is so funny, no matter what. So, but yeah, it's they're there. Uh, MLS kicked off this week. Uh, so, like I said here, it was kind of fun to have soccer on. Uh, you know, Villa with a hat time. trick. Pardon me? Villa with a hat trick for LASC. Yeah. And it, was just good, good, it was good to have soccer on. Um, I guess, you know, you know, just my quick, you know, just quick thought on, uh, Hector Herrera coming to the dynamo. I, I had a feeling that was going to happen soon. Um, I think, I think Atletico Madrid, um, right. I think they're going to start cleaning house a bit. I think they're a little bit older and I think they're going to go to like a younger movement. I think they're going to try to build around Hua Felix you know, and then I think Simeone is probably not going to end up coaching there. I think he's going to get, unless by some miracle, if he wins Champions League, they'll probably keep, they'll keep him. But if he doesn't, like I said, they're way behind Real Madrid as far as the uh, the La Liga. But as far as Champions League, if he gets bounced out, I think at the end of the season, I think this will be Simeone's last last hurrah with them, and you'll he, probably end up seeing him in Germany or in England. But like I said, I think Atletico's already kind of realizing, that, hey, I think it's time for like a rebuild. We, we don't want to end up like a like a like a like a mess like Barcelona and so forth and being broke. So I think they want to start building around the, their younger players. <clears throat> but that's good for Houston. That they need to sell tickets. So heck, having Hector is going to help them sell tickets. Well, so. I do also think that there's a second move that's coming. Um, I know it was rumored uh, today with uh, was it Diego Lainez. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's with what Real Betis. Get this, uh, yeah. You know, along those lines, and from my understanding, he's not really getting any playing time. There's whispers uh, that that may be coming now, depending on you know, you know, it's 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 the silly season. You know, you get people saying it's true, not true. Uh, same thing happened with with uh, Hector Herrera as well. You know, hey, he'll never come over. Um, but Diego, from my understanding, is, you know, not my understanding, he is a lot younger, uh, for that here. But to me, if he was to come back, um, you know, cause he is a, a, a Mexican international, could you see him going to MLS? And if he did, would that hurt his ability to get onto the Mexican national team? I don't think that'll hurt him in the national team. I just think it, it's a step back. If he's, I know, I think Betis is making a mistake not playing him. And I think, but also I think there was a mistake for him to go there. I know, I know he came over from Club America, and if if he's gonna if he's gonna get loaned out, I think Club America will probably try to get him first. I think that makes more sense, you know, going back to Liga MX and get some playing time, and then going back, or or even going to Portugal or going to to Holland. I think I think that's where he should have played first. You know, you know that way he can get grooming, kind of like what do with a. Gallegos is getting his playing time in, in, in Norway. 
So he, I think he needs to develop a little bit more. So hopefully he goes, like I said, hopefully he goes to Portugal or, or, or Holland instead of going to MLS. Cause I think it's a little regression, but he, like I said, he'll get his playing time, but. But he, he, here's where I'll kind of counter on this. And Houston is finally starting to act like a big market club. Cause I guess they gave what six, six and a half million, I think is the reported thing yeah. for Hector, which was quite a bit more than what other teams were willing to offer. Um, if, if Houston's willing to kind of open up the pocketbook with, you know, bringing him and, uh, you know, if they brought, you know, uh, Herrera and uh, Diego in to me, you know, assume, and this is the dynamo. So take it with a grain of salt here. If they could market, right. It might be something to where the, the, the ability to market, state side here because you know let's be honest you know as, as much as i'm a u.s men's national team here the number one team in the united states is the mexican national team so if you if you could come in here and if houston with their new ownership could market him right um and pay a decent amount uh for that probably a probably above average is what they'll have to do to to uh to do that I, th I think for Houston to be able to bring him in, rebuild that confidence, because obviously for him sitting on the bench, it didn't go right. He may have made the wrong decision. Come back here, do one or two great seasons. That could propel him back over to, over to uh, Europe, uh, you know, and also build, you know, you know, and I hate saying this, but build his brand yeah. um, between the United States and Mexico, you know, Mexico uh, a lot more than he, than he can do over in Europe. So th that would be my only counter to that. The, the one thing they probably maybe do is try to schedule him with Club America. Have the brothers against against each other because his brother does play with Club America. And he's... Well, let's don't forget MLS and the United States are doing the Leagues Cup, so yeah. there's going to be a lot more commingling between Liga MX and MLS. So I, you know, I think it will probably you know, and this is probably something you can speak. I think previously for a, a Mexican international playing in MLS was not a positive thing. Um, in fact, it, you know, from my understanding, it, it, if it was close, if you were playing in MLS, that was seen a, a, as a negative. Um, I don't think that's quite the case anymore uh, for that here. You know, I'm not saying MLS has closed the gap with Liga MX by any means, but I think they're at least in the discussion. It's more, it's more. I know MLS is a little bit more competitive now. Uh, yeah. I think it's a big difference now. Um, so, and like I said, hopefully, like I said, if that's true, Houston, if it's gonna, I don't know, they'll buy them. They probably may get get a loan. You know, try to get a loan for Linus because Betis probably will want to get him back. You know, if he does well, that way they can put him in, plug him in. Or you know, I don't think they want to lose him and. That investment to Houston Dynamo selling them to some some other European team and so forth. So I, I think it could be a good thing for him, but I, I still I still kind of want him to stay over there, but more with one, one of the lower European leagues over there, Port, Portugal or, or Holland. But if he does come, I mean it'll be great for the city of Houston. And um, also, yeah, I have, not, and just to reiterate, I'm not saying that he is coming uh, yeah. along those lines here, but I do know with. Uh, you know, if you followed Houston social media and this was reported by, you know, somebody outside of Houston initially. So there may be at least some smoke now, whether, you know, is the smoke coming from the agent, you know, trying to press things, you know, to try to get more playing time or move, you know, you know, who knows. But uh, to me, if I'm Houston, 
if you want to you know get rid of the orange seats and actually put people in them if you could bring in hector herrera and diego in you got you got to admit that's you know that that's going to draw in the, yeah. you know, the mexican fan base there in houston you know uh, you know for that here in my opinion yeah and, and that's what they need i think that's when houston's been lacking kind of like that star power i don't think they have had a Maybe the last one is maybe Kubo Torres, but here isn't really one packing the seats or, or Demarcus Beasley. So the, I think they need a. I think the Meta did do a good splash with Eric Herrera, but they can get Linus. You know, it's going to be, and then it's going to make them more competitive too. So it's a that that's that's going to help them as far as trying to maybe get into the playoffs and like I said, fill up the seats on there. And I, I do have also some breaking and not breaking news, but earlier in the day. For my club, my club team, Club America, they dismissed Solari <laughs> after a bad eight, eight, and eight games of not winning a game. So I'm kind of sad about that. But that brings up, you know, with the Mexican national team, if Tata doesn't get it, get it done. Do you go to now? Yeah, Solari That's coming up soon too, right? Twenty uh, fourth, yeah, March twenty fourth. So a couple of weeks away. Yeah, so Solari's right there, kind of. Kind of saying like, could he? You know, there's been rumblings about him maybe, maybe becoming the new Mexican national team coach, which is, is a possibility. You know, so we'll see how how that turns out. So, a lot, a lot of things going on with soccer right now. A lot of things, and we're not even talking a lot of San Antonio FC. Part yeah. of it's just because they're you know they're not uh, giving a whole lot of information out at this point, and um, it just you know it's it is what it is. I know some people were sawing, you know, that 538 thinks that, you know, we're the favorite, you know, as far as odds to, to win. Um, but it, it, it'll be interesting. Um, and, and, and I said it in our private chat, but I don't like the black on black. I don't, I don't like San Antonio FC's Twitter profile pick with, with the black on back on there. Cause I'll, when I initially look at it, all I see is a black hole, <laughs> a black circle. Uh, but uh, do you want to thank everybody for going? Out. <laughs> or the Emperor <laughs> from Star Wars to come out. Uh, <laughs> do you want to give a huge thanks uh, to, uh, you know, uh, Coach uh, Carranza, you know, for coming on and obviously thank uh, him and his family because he mentioned both his uh, uh, sons service. and daughters, uh, both have followed him in, in the Army. Navy would have been a better choice, but you know, hey, uh, you know, it's you know, we're all on the same team at the end of the day uh, for that here. But uh, do you want to thank him for his time? Like I said, it was an outstanding uh, conversation. Um, if you would like to come on, you know, reach out to Rafa or me, and, and like I said here, we can definitely uh, hook you up. Uh, uh, you know, a, a guest appearance here. You know, for that here. Hopefully, this will be something that we'll do more next season. Where I think we've decided, you know, with the split schedules, even though it doesn't reduce uh, the uh, time frame of the shows like we thought, but it's more informative. So <laughs> everybody more bang for their buck. <laughs> it's a good conversation, and like I said, I'm not one to, uh, you know, I, I think we push through the standings and stuff like that faster than we normally do. Um, but like I said, if, if it's an interview with somebody, you know, as, as long as the conversation's going, I, I'm not going to cut them off. I just, I just, you know, that, that's not the type of host I am. So, but do want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, you know, uh, if you're in the Laverne area, go support the boys and the girls teams. Both of them are, are, are doing well. Uh, playoff time, uh, is coming up for UIL. 
uh, taps is already going on, and we'll see uh, you know if, if uh, some of the San Antonio teams make it past tonight into the semifinals. Uh, thank you for everybody tuning in, and what's life without goals?